Story Hour Audio Adventures presents Hubert and Elizabeth, Chapter 1, Poachers. Far to the east of here, a small village once rested, nestled at the base of a range of towering mountains. The village sat on the side of a small river that wandered slowly out of a dense forest. A flat, neatly kept dirt road ran through the center of town passing by several small homes, a large town hall, and a general store before crossing over the river on a trim wooden bridge. Once past the river, an orderly group of farms fanned out across the landscape. The residents of the village were simple people, farmers and traders mostly. They worked hard in the fields and tended their houses and families, and at night would gather together in the great hall to socialize while the children listened to stories. The children would sit eyes wide and listen to the tales of wizards and witches, of creatures strange and magical, and of course, the children's favorite, dragons. One evening, the village storyteller sat at her ancient gnarled chair by the fire and cleared her throat, quietening the children. As she began, the older children murmured excitedly as they recognized their favorite story. Not so many years ago, we were visited by a brave knight named Aranus. He was passing through our village, traveling to the far kingdom of our fair King Perrin. Sir Aranus was exhausted, having traveled many weeks with a heavy load. He carried a gift from the neighboring kingdom, a single diamond as large as my fist mounted on a stand of solid gold. He had been attacked by bandits several times on his journey so far, and had barely escaped with his life. Sir Aranus had only been at our village for a day, when a terrible roar filled the air. We looked to the sky and saw an enormous beast flying down from the mountains to our village. It loosed a torrent of flame at us as it flew past, lighting the roofs of houses and sending a scattering. The horrible creature, as large as this very building, flew in a tight spiral and landed in the center of town. As it opened its mouth to roar, we could see row upon row of sharp, stained teeth. With a yell, Sir Aranus ran at the dragon, his sword held high. The dragon roared again, a sound that shook our bones and gives me nightmares to this very day. A hurricane of fire gushed from its mouth, engulfing Aranus, so hot the very rocks on the ground glowed red. We all ran, panicked from the street and hid, sure we would all be destroyed by the rampaging beast. But we heard no sound, though, out on the streets. It was completely silent. Finally, the brave of us slowly climbed out of our cellars and crawl spaces and peeked out onto the street. There was nothing to be found. The dragon was gone, as was Sir Aranus, and his treasure. The only thing that remained on that dreadful day was a black scorch mark on the road, in the shape of our brave knight. As the old teller finished her story, she looked over the expectant faces of the children. She smiled kindly at a young girl named Elizabeth, seated at the front row. Of all the children, Elizabeth was most enchanted by these stories. She always sat in the front row, spellbound by the teller's words. Elizabeth was ten years of age. She was a mere slip of a girl, tall and thin, though life on a farm had made her strong. She wore a simple dress of cotton and a ready grin. Her eyes, wide and bright, hinted at a quick and lively intelligence. During the day, the children would attend school in a single-room schoolhouse, work in the fields planting grain or feeding the farm animals and gathering eggs. Once the work was done, the children would gather in groups, playing games and swimming in the river. Elizabeth sat against a tree watching the other children play. She rarely participated in the daily contests and activities of the other children. She had grown tired of these games a long time ago. She didn't want to waste her few precious hours of freedom on the same activities day after day, 
She wanted adventure. She wanted to go on quests like the heroes in her favorite books. She wanted to vanquish trolls and slay dragons. She wanted to be a hero. Unfortunately, none of the other children had any interest in such things. She had once convinced a girl in her grade to explore the nearby forest with her. They had only been traveling the forest for part of the morning when her friend had been bitten by a badger. There had only been a little bit of blood, Elizabeth thought, but the girl screamed as though her leg had been bitten clean off. Elizabeth tried to explain that the badger was only protecting her young, but the girl continued to scream and cry until Elizabeth had carried her all the way back to the village. Some of the older boys had once tried to follow Elizabeth through the forest. Hoping to frighten her, they had stomped through the forest, roaring and growling at the top of their lungs. All they did, though, was disturb a skunk, which promptly sprayed them all. Since then, Elizabeth had a bit of a reputation of someone very dangerous to travel with. Elizabeth sighed and stood up, brushing the leaves and dirt from her already stained dress. Tired of watching the children play the same game they had played yesterday, Elizabeth decided to go and explore the forest. The last time, she had discovered a perfect little grove, hidden from the rest of the forest behind a thundering waterfall. It was large enough to hold nearly all the children, but no one would ever come with her to see it. Except heroes would never admit it, she found her wanderings rather lonely. Despite her loneliness, Elizabeth had grown to love the woods, the quiet rustle of leaves in the breeze, the smell of growing things. She felt a kinship with the animals of the forest and had come to consider herself their protector. She had once even rescued a fox caught in a hunter's trap. Elizabeth sat at the river's edge, watching an otter slide through the mud when she heard the sound of shouting humans and the clash of metal. Curious, Elizabeth sat up and made her way through the trees towards the noise. As she approached a clearing, she slowed. Peering through the trees, Elizabeth could see three men grouped around a large animal in the middle. The men darted back and forth, trying to encircle the animal with chains. Clearly, they were trying to capture it. Poachers were criminals. They captured rare and endangered animals and sold them. Unlike hunters, who took only what they needed to feed their families, poachers stole the animals from the forest, looking only to line their pockets with gold. As she watched, one of the poachers moved aside, and Elizabeth could finally see the captured animal in the center. When she recognized the animal, a cold wave of dread washed over her. A dragon? The dragon was huge. The size of a school bus, the monster crouched on all four legs, its long, membranous wings tucked in closely to the side of its body. A double row of spikes ran down its back to a long, flexible tail. The dragon opened its mouth as if to roar, showing rows of razor-sharp teeth. Its long tail swung back and forth menacingly, and when a poacher moved too close, the dragon swung the tail with surprising speed, flinging the poacher into the air and crashing into a tree. The poacher got up slowly, limping. Elizabeth wondered why the dragon just didn't fly away, but then noticed that heavy chains wrapped around all four legs, securing it to the ground. As she watched, one of the men lifted what looked like a crossbow, and with a clang a long chain burst forward to wrap itself around the dragon's tail, finally securing the dragon so completely it couldn't move at all. Once the poachers were satisfied the dragon couldn't escape, they moved back to a pile of equipment they'd been carrying to tend their wounds. Oh, this had better be worth it, Carstairs. I don't think I'll be able to sit for a week. Did you see what that monster did to me? You'll stop your complaining when you get paid. I know a guy in Nottingham that'll pay over 300 gold coins for this thing. 300? What do you do with a dragon that's worth 300 gold coins? What do I care? Put it in a circus, cut it up, I don't care. So long as I get paid. 
Elizabeth watched the dragon, waiting for it to spew flames at the poachers or use its immense strength to break the chains that bound it. The dragon, however, cowered, huddling in the grass, its golden eyes darting around the clearing. This dragon, Elizabeth reflected, didn't look powerful and vicious. This dragon looked scared. The poachers were nearly finished tending their wounds, and the dragon still hadn't escaped. It sat hunched down in the grass, tugging futilely at the chains around its legs. Still hiding at the edge of the clearing, Elizabeth crept around another tree, trying to get a better look. A branch broke suddenly beneath her feet, a quiet snap that Elizabeth barely heard. The dragon's head suddenly swung about and it stared directly at Elizabeth. She shrank back further into the forest. As the dragon stared at Elizabeth, she could see something like fear in its eyes. It reminded her of the fox she had rescued. That fox had had the same pleading, desperate look. Despite the ferocity of the dragons and the stories Elizabeth had heard, she felt sorry for this one. She didn't want to see it captured and sold to a circus. Well, if it's not going to escape, then I'm just going to have to rescue it. She shivered at that thought. No one ever rescues a dragon. Heroes vanquished dragons or drove off the menacing beasts to reclaim stolen treasure. Releasing a captured dragon on purpose seemed insane. Without her help, though, it was clear the dragon would never escape. She bit down on the fear bubbling up from her stomach and ran out of the shadow of the trees and into the view of the poachers. Help! Help! There's a rare endangered mollusk in the woods behind me. It tried to eat me. Please save me. The men stared at the screaming girl for a moment and then grinned at each other. Well, boys, looks like we found ourselves a bonus. A mollusk, huh? Them's valuable, right? I don't know, boss. I ain't never heard of a mollusk before. That just means that it's real rare. Never been seen before. The men grabbed their nets and peculiar chain throwers and ran into the woods where Elizabeth had emerged. As soon as they had disappeared from the sight, Elizabeth ran over to the dragon who was watching thoughtfully. Now, don't eat me, dragon. I'm going to save you, okay? No fire or anything, alright? The dragon nodded and looked down at his clawed feet. Elizabeth saw a small latch on each chain. Twisting the latch on his front leg caused the chain to unravel, falling to the ground. Running around to the next leg, she began to unfasten the next chain. Up close, she saw the dragon's scales were a dark green, almost black, but with an odd iridescence, so as the dragon moved, a shifting rainbow of color played across the surface. Fascinated, she reached out to touch the dragon's hide. It felt hard and gritty, like a knight's armor, but warm to the touch. The sound of the poacher's return broke her from her inspection. Hey! Get away from that dragon! Elizabeth watched as the poachers ran toward her from the other end of the clearing. They would be upon them in seconds. She returned to the latch and the second chain fell away with the clatter. The third and fourth chains also released with ease, the dragon watching from high above. The poachers were getting closer, their voices angry. The long chain holding the dragon's tail was next, but as she twisted it, the latch stuck. She grabbed it with both hands and pulled. The chain had twisted around the latch and she wasn't strong enough to move it. Elizabeth looked up. The poachers were standing twenty feet away, their chain-throwing crossbows held up and pointed at her and the dragon. Hey, little girl, get away from that dragon. That thing is a killer. You don't want to get eaten, do you? The dragon breathed in deeply, sucking in so much air that Elizabeth's hair billowed around her. The poacher stepped back, wary of the dragon's fiery breath. The dragon lifted its head and blew hard in the direction of the poachers. No fire erupted from the dragon's mouth. Only a cool breeze wafted over the poachers. A faint wisp of smoke drifted nasally from its nostrils. The poachers laughed. 
You trying to stop us by breathing on us? Yeah, it might work. Its breath stinks. The dragon swung its massive head down to look at Elizabeth. Somehow, the dragon managed to look embarrassed. Elizabeth returned to the final chain, trying to ignore the shouts of the poachers as she tugged at the chain. Finally, Elizabeth gave it a swift kick and it untwisted around the latch. Like a long snake, it had unwrapped from around the dragon's tail and fell lifeless to the ground. Once released, the dragon stood up on its hind legs and opened its enormous wings. Stretched out to full size, the dragon was even bigger than Elizabeth had thought. Craning her neck, Elizabeth could see its massive triangular-shaped head with a blunt snout and large expressive eyes. On each wing, leathery green skin covered a network of delicate bones. The wing was thin so that the glow of the sun overhead could be seen through it. Where the wing was attached to the dragon's shoulder, powerful muscles flexed. The dragon swept its wings forward, creating a powerful gust of wind that knocked the poachers over. Elizabeth cheered at the sight of the poachers tumbling in the dirt. Alright! That was great! In a flash, the dragon reached out and grabbed Elizabeth with one clawed hand. Elizabeth struggled against the dragon's hold. She had rescued the dragon and now it was capturing her. Hey! Let me go! All thoughts of escape fled from her mind as the dragon leaped straight up into the air. Elizabeth looked down at the angry faces of the poachers as the dragon soared up beyond the forest. Gaining height at a dizzying speed, Elizabeth changed her mind. She hoped the dragon would not let her go. She held on with all her might as a blur of trees passed beneath her. After a short time, the dragon descended and landed gently in a new clearing. The dragon released its hold on Elizabeth and she fell to the ground, too numb to get up and run. After a few moments, when her breathing had returned to normal, Elizabeth looked over at the dragon. It was licking one leg, which had been rubbed raw by the chains. Are you okay? The dragon looked at her and growled. Elizabeth backed away, aware of how dangerous this creature was. She hadn't forgotten the story of brave Aranus and the monster that had defeated him. The dragon growled again, but Elizabeth realized that it was not growling at her, but rather trying to talk to her. The dragon reached down and, using a sharp claw, plucked a scale from its arm and handed it to Elizabeth. Elizabeth held the scale in her hand, its dark green color looking even more vibrant up close. Threads of green light danced just under the surface like northern lights. Yes, I'm okay. Thank you for helping me. Oh, you can talk? I didn't know dragons could speak English. I don't. As long as you carry one of my scales, you will be able to understand me. I've never spoken to a real dragon before. How did those poachers capture you? The dragon looked embarrassed. Oh, I was asleep. I thought I'd found a nice quiet clearing and was having a rest. When I woke up, three of my legs were already wrapped in chains. Why didn't you just blast them with fire? The dragon looked down at the ground. It slowly dragged a claw in the dirt, making a deep gash in the ground before answering. I can't breathe fire. I don't know why. I've never been able to do it. I can't roar either. The poachers weren't afraid of me at all once they realized I couldn't blast fire. I'm sorry. My name is Elizabeth. Hubert. So, you're not going to eat me? Hubert laughed, mouth wide open, his long purple tongue slapping from side to side, splashing drool onto the ground and across Elizabeth's already badly stained dress. Oh no, I won't eat you. I would never eat a human. They taste terrible. Elizabeth wasn't sure this was reassuring, but Hubert seemed friendly enough. She couldn't bear to miss this opportunity to talk to a real dragon, just because he might suddenly get hungry. The two sat and talked for much of the afternoon. It turned out that Hubert was just as curious about humans as Elizabeth was about dragons. 
Hubert lived with his mom and dad high in the mountains above the forest. He was still a young dragon, only 103. They lived with other dragon families in a network of enormous caves that burrowed through the mountains. Most dragons stayed away from the forest below the mountains as too many humans traveled through it. Humans are noisy, stinky animals that are always trying to capture us or poke at us. But you are less stinky than most. Elizabeth grinned. She liked this dragon. All her life she had been warned of ferocious, deadly dragons. Maybe, she thought, the stories were not completely true. So, will I get to meet some of your friends? Hubert looked crestfallen. Oh, I don't really have any friends. The other dragons make fun of me because I can't breathe fire. You don't know how important that is to a dragon. We have gatherings every year where thousands of dragons from all around the world compete in different fire-breathing competitions. It's a big part of our life. Well, their life, I guess. I'm never a part of it. Maybe you just need some help. Maybe we can figure out your problem. Hubert shrugged, his bat-like wings rising and falling. Well, no harm in trying, I guess. How do we start? Elizabeth knew nothing about breathing fire, but Hubert looked at her expectantly, waiting for her suggestions. She had to try something. Well, let's start small. Can you make smoke? With Elizabeth's help, Hubert practiced his fire breathing. They tried deep, powerful breaths that churned up dust and dirt within the clearing. They tried little spurts of air that created smoke puffs that rose gently into the air. Elizabeth was startled to discover, hours later, she was having a wonderful time. Was she becoming friends with a dragon? No, no! You've got to churn it around in your stomach first. Really get the juices moving in there. <laughs> That's not going to scare anyone. <laughs> I can't help it. You've got to push hard. Really squeeze your stomach. Oh, dear. <laughs> Elizabeth sat down and leaned her back against Hubert, gasping for breath. She'd never seen anything so funny. Unlike the iron-hard scales that ran along Hubert's back, the space behind his front leg, where the scales grew smaller, was smooth, dry, and soft like leather. She snuggled against Hubert, enjoying the warmth. She listened to the deep rumble of his breathing, interrupted occasionally by soft chuckling, as he continued to laugh to himself. Slowly, without realizing it, Elizabeth fell asleep. Elizabeth awoke suddenly as Hubert moved, his head lifting as he woke from his own nap. Elizabeth could hear the sound of shouting and chains rattling. It's those poachers again! Hubert rose up and spread his wings, ready to take flight. Let's go! They're going to try to catch me again! Hubert reached out and took hold of Elizabeth in his giant claw once more and flew up into the air. Elizabeth called up to her dragon friend. Fly over the poachers! I want to see what they're doing! Hubert turned, now flying low over the forest. Within seconds, they could see the poachers' cart, filled to overflowing with cages and equipment. As they passed over, Elizabeth caught a glimpse of the poachers circling a red panda. The red panda was a relatively harmless creature, shy and afraid of people not often seen in the forest. The creature was too frightened to run away and hide. It had backed up into the stump of an old tree, eyeing the approaching poachers. Look! They're not after you! They're trying to catch another animal! We have to stop them! No! We'll get caught again! I can't go back there! I won't be sent to a circus! Hubert, we have to help! 
That red panda is terrified. You can scare them off and save the poor animal. Scare them how? Those poachers are not scared of me. They'll just use those chain throwers and catch me again. Through his grip around her, Elizabeth could feel Hubert trembling. She knew he was scared. So was she, but they had to do something. If you don't turn around and land in that clearing, we are no longer friends. Do you understand? Hubert's powerful rhythmic wing beats faltered. Elizabeth hated to threaten Hubert, hated speaking so harshly to the first real friend she'd ever had, but she had to do something to force Hubert into action. I can't do it. We can do it together. Hubert glided for a moment, the wind whipping past him as he considered her words. Then he dipped one wing and they spun around, heading back towards the poachers. As they approached the clearing, Elizabeth could see the poachers had already set up a cage in which to hold the red panda. Using long poles and nets, they were corralling the terrified animal towards the cage. Hubert landed with a thud, Elizabeth held high in one hand. They had landed at the side of the clearing, furthest away from the poachers. Hubert lowered Elizabeth to the ground, and she struck her best hero pose. Hey, get away from that panda! The poachers turned at her voice, and when they saw Hubert and Elizabeth, they roared with triumph. You two, I'm so glad you've returned. You won't get away from me this time. The three poachers hefted their chain throwers and began moving towards Hubert and Elizabeth, ignoring the frightened red panda which sat cowering in the long grass at the other edge of the clearing. One of the poachers lifted his chain thrower and, without warning, fired the long chain at Hubert. The tangled knot of hooks at the end of the chain flew towards Hubert, set to ensnare him once again. It missed by a narrow margin, sprang dirt as it hit the ground. With a rattle, the chain was pulled back to the poacher, ready to fire again. I can't fight these guys. They'll capture me again. We have to get out of here. No. We are the heroes here. We can stop them. You just have to scare them off. Breathe fire at them. You can do this. Hubert breathed in deeply, lifting his body as his enormous lungs filled with air. His stomach burbled and roiled. He stretched out his long neck and blew as hard as he could at the poachers. The poachers' coats rustled in the breeze It flowed from the dragon's mouth. No flame reached out to scorch the poachers. The air didn't even feel warm. Hubert hung his head. I'm sorry. With that, Hubert leaped straight up into the air. With powerful sweeps of his wings, he flew up over the trees and headed towards the mountains. Tears filled Elizabeth's eyes. Her first real friend had just abandoned her when she needed him most. The poachers looked angrier than ever. You cost us that dragon again, little girl. You are gonna pay. Elizabeth wilted. She couldn't face these bullies by herself. She couldn't save the red panda. Maybe she couldn't be a hero after all. She took one last look at the sky, hoping Hubert was returning to help, but seeing nothing, turned and ran into the forest. One poacher took up the chase, following her through the trees, but he soon gave up. Elizabeth knew these woods, and she was small enough to slip between trees and branches that caught up the poacher. After a few minutes, Elizabeth crawled under a rotten stump of a tree. She sat with her back to the roots of the tree, knees to her chest, trying to catch her breath. Her friend had left her, and it was all her fault. She was sorry she'd pushed him into confronting the poachers. If she hadn't forced him to land in the clearing and attack the poachers, he wouldn't have been so scared that he'd fly away. Tears splashed at her feet, making patterns in the dirt. She'd never felt so completely alone. In the distance, she heard the poachers chasing after the red panda, his terrified grunting breaking her heart once again. It sounded so scared. What kind of person would capture innocent animals? She couldn't believe that anyone could be so cruel. Anger coursed through her as she listened to the red panda and remembered Hubert, chained to the ground, his eyes wide with panic. Nobody should be made to feel that way. 
She had to stop them. She had wanted excitement and adventure. She had wanted to be just like the characters in her books. After all, wasn't this what it meant to be a hero? To risk your life for someone or something else? Despite her fear, above all else, she wanted to be a hero. And this was her chance to prove it. Elizabeth crawled out from under the stump. She didn't know how, but she would save the red panda. She would stop those poachers from harming another animal. She ran towards the sound of shouting, running faster and faster as the trees thinned. She burst out into the clearing and promptly tripped over something soft, sprawling headfirst into the dirt. She looked back and groaned when she realized she had tripped over the red panda huddled at the edge of the clearing. She heard a curse from something ahead, and when she looked up, she stared directly into the angry glare of the poacher. You just don't know when to quit, do you? Little girl, you are in a lot of trouble. We're going to put you in the cage along with that panda thing. If you're lucky, maybe it won't eat you. Elizabeth scrambled to her feet, trying to appear braver and tougher than she felt. Her foot bumped against a long stick about the thickness of her arm. She picked it up and held it in front of her. Elizabeth gripped the long stick fiercely, forcing down her fear. A hero did not back down from bullies. If she did nothing, she would be captured along with the red panda. Her only hope was to stand up to the bullies and fight them off. I will not let you take this panda. I'm tired of you chasing the animals in this forest. I want all of you to leave now! The men looked scared. They backed up, holding their hands as if to ward her off. Okay, look. We don't want to cause any trouble here. We'll just leave now. No harm, no foul, right? Elizabeth felt like cheering. They were scared of her. She was a hero after all. It was then she realized the men were not looking at her, but above her. There was a crash and the ground shook so much she fell to her knees. Looking beside her, Elizabeth saw an enormous scaly claw. Scrambling backwards and looking far above her head, she realized it was another dragon. If Hubert was enormous, this dragon was colossal. At least twice the size of Hubert, it was nearly jet black. Each scale larger than her head moved in overlapping patterns as the dragon bent its knees and settled in front of the poachers. Spiky ridges ran side by side down the back of the dragon, some bent and broken from long past battles. The immense dragon opened its mouth. A roar that shook the trees preceded a blast of flame that spewed into the air above the poachers. Even though the massive dragon was not facing Elizabeth, the heat from the fiery blast made it difficult to breathe. Elizabeth crouched down and covered her head, trying to block out the roar of the dragon and the smell of burnt sulfur. After what seemed like an eternity, the dragon stopped, and Elizabeth's attention returned to the poachers. All three stood rooted in place, slack-jawed and eyes bulging, their chain throwers dangling uselessly from their hands. The dragon's flame had not been aimed at the poachers, but the intense heat had scorched their clothing. A poacher's mustache flamed like a candle, and he appeared to have lost his eyebrows. The dragon tilted its head and stared as if waiting for a response from the poachers. The poachers, as a group, screamed and turned and ran into the forest, abandoning their equipment. Once the poachers were gone, the black iridescent dragon turned its head toward Elizabeth. Before she could get up and run too, Hubert's smaller head appeared on the other side of the black dragon. I went and got my dad. The immense dragon winked at Elizabeth and growled something to Hubert, who rubbed his head affectionately on his dad's shoulder. Hubert's dad opened his wings, blocking out the sun. With a rush of air that would have blown Elizabeth over, had she not already been on the ground, the dragon leaped into the air and flew up over the trees and out of sight. I guess I'm not really much of a hero. You were very brave to stand up to those poachers by yourself. I'm so glad you came back. I thought I was going to end up in the circus. Getting your dad was a great idea. 
I knew I couldn't help you, so I got someone who could. Are we still friends? Of course we are. Friends forever. Hubert grinned, showing rows of sharp teeth. Should we practice fire breathing again? I don't think I can help you with the fire breathing. You know, one of the stories I heard at my village talked about a powerful wizard that lives up on the other side of the mountain. Maybe he can help you with your fire problem. Uh, you might be right. Do you want to go meet him? Hubert reached out his enormous claw to pick up Elizabeth, but she stepped back. Can I just ride on your back or something? Flying over the forest held in your stinky feet is not the most comfortable way to travel, you know. Hubert lowered one wing. Carefully stepping on the wing's ridge surface, Elizabeth walked up and sat at the base of Hubert's neck, between the double row of spikes running along his back. Her feet rested along his side in front of his powerful wings. Are you ready for an adventure, hero? Elizabeth laughed. Let's go! Written and read by Michael Taylor. Additional voices provided by Jackie Lazon, Natalie Swerda, Jen Sidlowski, and Monique Parker. This story and audio reading is protected by the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License. This means that you are welcome to share this audio with others, but you cannot alter the audio, nor use it for commercial purposes. Please subscribe to Story Hour Audio on iTunes, or visit www.storyhouraudio.com for other exciting Story Hour adventures.